What's up? Welcome back, everybody. This is Real Estate Uncensored, the place where you get actionable ideas, insight, and inspiration to turn your real estate career into a life of freedom. We've got a killer guest with us today. We're going to have a ton of fun. We're talking about Zillow Creep, how you can avoid being an employee of the man. Uh, we're also going to talk a little bit about um, referrals and getting back to some of the fundamentals, the things that we all talk about doing but don't actually follow through on. We're going to talk about one of the best uh, things that uh, our guest has ever seen a brand new agent in the business do. And so if you're brand new, there's going to be something for you. If you're running a powerhouse team right now and you're paying five grand a month to Zillow for leads, there's going to be something for you. So stick around. We've got a bunch of stuff to get into. Now, before we bring in the guest, and of course, the evil bald ninja is here. Gene is with us as always on Fridays. What up to you? And then we've got the junior grandmaster himself is in the box in the co-pilot seat where you so belong. Greg McDaniel, what's up? I do believe, I do believe I belong in my box. Um, but I was telling you guys this, I completely dorked out this week. Uh, and I sprung for my first set of lavalier microphones. So I went and bought a Tascam, T-A-S-C-A-M, Tascam lavalier sets. These are the little belt clips and stuff like that. Micro USD cards you can put in there and record into it. I, the amount of video that we all should be doing, we should all be investing in small things like this to make better audio uh, I, dude, I was telling my girlfriend about this <laughs> the other night. I'm like, okay, honey, uh, I know you don't care, uh, but I'm really excited. And I explained to her this and you could see the glaze over her eyes, like boredom and thinking about her clothes that she has to clean or whatever else is going through her mind. But I was in blissful joy of just explaining it. So hopefully you guys go out there and you find something exciting and fun to do. Uh, but I'm excited to talk to talk to Jim because Jim and I we were talking off air and dude, this guy's a legend, a myth, and a wonder. He's like the eighth wonder of the world. It's incredible <laughs> <laughs> to see what you've done. I mean, you, Jim, how many? No buildups. Yeah, no, no, yeah, very, very humble. <laughs> Wait, so Jim, how many listings did you get in your first year? A second year, I took 150 listings. Second yeah. year, second year. Yeah. Yeah, That's yeah. incredible, and you didn't even have the what? evil bald ninja helping you. You just did it all yeah. on your own. Just on myself. Sounds like you did it the hard way. Goodness. All right. So, uh, so what we there's the there's a whole ton we could say about your background. So you've been on the top one percent of of realtors world worldwide. Uh, you know, growing the company to seven offices to become the largest independent real estate company in the state of Oregon. Um, but let's jump in. Like, what do you tell people that you do, and what's your what's your role at the moment? Uh, 17 offices, not seven, but I just... Did I say <laughs> yeah, seven? So yeah. You're yeah, cutting okay. the man off at his yeah, knees yeah, yeah. already, no. Matt. Me yeah, so trying, trying to read under pressure. So that's what I get. Uh, my job now is I run a uh, uh, company in Southern Oregon. We've got uh, two offices, 160 agents, going to do about a billion dollars in sales uh, this year. And so my main role there is um, I'm, the, I'm the supervising principal broker for the team. I'm also the coach and, you know, do a lot of the education there. Very cool. Yeah, that is awesome. So, what what was the original? What's the core office? Where is there a, a home office? Uh, core the, the the flagship, the mothership we call it, is in mm -hmm. Medford, Oregon. Uh, so, okay. just over the border from uh, California. Ashland, nice. And what's Ashland, what's the size Medford. of that? Like that flagship office? Uh, we have 120 brokers in that office, and then we've got about 40 in our um, Ashland office, 30 to 40, and then we just opened an office in Eugene. Uh, so that's just uh, just launching a smart office. It's super cool. It's all virtual. You've got smart desks. You can put your your phone down on the desk, and the desk charges your phone. Any kind of phone. What? No way. Yeah. That's awesome. Rad, dude. <laughs> I, so I'm super excited. My parents just uh, they randomly give me weird shit, and they gave me this fast charger thing. I just put my phone on that, and it that's automatically right. charges it. But yeah. I thought I was cool. But I, your company sounds way cooler than my desk. Yeah, man. So, and then the desk will, you know, everybody's into the rising desk. So the, all the desks in the company will rise up and down. People can stand and sit and they love it. Oh, that's so cool. It sounds like you're kind of definitely ahead of the curve when it comes to technology and kind of trends and everything else. Has that led to a portion of kind of where you guys can claim the success and the growing popularity of your brokerage right now? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think, you know, I always say there's only, you know, really two or three reasons why you should join any real estate company. And the reason why we've been so successful recruiting and retaining agents is it's, you know, technology, it's your support staff, and it's your culture at your office. So if you, you got to have those three things to retain and recruit anybody. Uh, so we try to show it off. You know, we, we're, we're pretty deep in technology. At my company, we have two full-time technologists, and all they do uh, is help agents with technology, no charge. So people got a problem with anything, website, app, you know, some kind of real estate issue, uh, video, whatever, we'll help them through it, no cost. 
Dude, nice. that's amazing. We in our uh, my old brokerage, we actually had a green room, a videographer, uh, and an it. editing staff that would help the the agents do stuff. And guess mm -hmm. what? Nobody used it. They want the red room, not the green room. Uh, it's so <laughs> annoying. But I mean. Uh, I love the fact that you guys are so, you know, forward thinking on stuff. Um, when it comes to the technologists, I'm using your term. I don't know. Is that a word? A technologist? I just made it up. That I okay, good. It. I'm like, I don't think I've heard that before. <laughs> tech guys. Tech guys. Gene, have you ever heard of technologists before since you're in the tech world? I think he just made that up. <laughs> no, I have. Of course. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, with, with that in, in mind, I mean, are, are you seeing both older and younger agents uh, tap into the technologists? I'm just going to use that for the rest of the show because it's like how bad that is. <laughs> the technologists um, and, and, and really kind of use it to kind of tap into their database and really kind of mine that and also go out there and maybe develop ads for Facebook, you know, Instagram, LinkedIn or whatever else and become more than a park bench that you put your butt on, you know, with a smiling face and actually become a human being. Are, are they using the technology? They are. I mean, I, it, what happens is people, different uh, groups of people use it differently. Like the younger agents are definitely into uh, video. They're definitely into the more of the social Instagram, Snapchat kind of conversations, filters, and you know, all the things that go along with it. Uh, whereas the the older <laughs> generation, uh, <laughs> you found it. <laughs> Thank I'm you, Gene, going. for sharing your screen. That's hilarious. <laughs> for, the, for those of you listening on iTunes, Gene just, just shared with us the definition of technologist up here on the screen. Thank you for that. We appreciate that. Yes, it is a real word. <laughs> uh, but, the, but the older generation is more just the basics, like how do I set up my website? How do I, you know, do this, right. that, or the other? So it's more, you know, like step by step. But I, I have an interesting take on this because we're just rolling this out now. Uh, you know, everybody talks about CRM, but nobody uses it really. Very, very few people use CRM. So right. our company just made a commitment. We say, listen, guys, we talk about CRM all day. You should be using Referral Maker, Top Producer, or our internal CRM. But we know that you just don't do it. So we're just going to do it for you. Wow. So we've just gone to every single agent right now in our company, and we say, give us your database. If you don't have one, which you probably don't, we'll take Outlook, your Outlook people, and we'll dump them into the CRM for you and we'll turn on all the drips for you because you're not going to do it on your own. And everybody's like, you're right. We're not going to do it on our own. Thank you. Yeah. And that's been a huge, huge benefit for us. Jim, that's because it. I'm declaring it right now. I'm leaving my brokerage. I'm going to come, come work for you. That's <laughs> it. Come on down, brother. You're the man I want to work for. <laughs> I love this. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I, I've seen, we've seen, you know, friends and clients of mine, Jeff Cohn, Greg Harrelson, they've had to do all the same thing. Yeah. You know, like the bigger, the more, the more you add agents, like once you get past, you know, a handful essentially where you can kind of dictate how things are done, it's really more of a community type team. Once you get bigger than that, yeah, if you want them using a database or using a CRM in any meaningful way, you have to do it for them. And that, that goes into our conversation, so I want to. we might as well just go there now because um, we're going to talk about Zillow Creep, but I think that's part of the problem is we, like agents, have essentially abdicated our responsibility to keep in touch with our own sphere, uh, keep in touch with past clients, God forbid, that they ever hear from us again, right? And so we've essentially given all this up. Like we've we've left the opening that Zillow stepped into, and then we all complain about it because now we have to write you know checks to Zillow. Uh, and this is something that you've been working with your teams on. So let's let's jump into that a little bit. So when you're working with a team internally, and you know they're spending a lot of money on Zillow, what are you telling them right now? So my my I just had this conversation with one of my teams that was spending three to four thousand dollars a month with Zillow, and they they bring me in to help you know coach them to the next level. And I take a look at all their numbers, we dig in deep, and I say, okay, let's really analyze this, where your business is coming from, what you're spending money on. When you look at three to $4,000 investment in Zillow, and then you track it back and you say, well, what were we spending a year ago? What were we spending two years ago? What you find is that the numbers just keep increasing. The cost keeps increasing. And so essentially, the question I have for all my teams is, are, are you comfortable being an employee of Zillow? Because that's where you're headed. You're headed mm -hmm. to, to being an employee of Zillow, and they're basically taking all the profit off the top. Um, yeah. from your business and, and, and creating this weird situation where you become super dependent on Zillow and it becomes an addiction to leads. It's a lead addiction. And the reason why it's a lead addiction is because these top agents uh, and, and, and especially newer agents too are, are, are not learning how to lead generate. They are becoming completely dependent on lead generation systems. 
And that is a is a, that is a killer because there's a lead bomb, and people don't realize there's a lead bomb that the, the fuse has already been lit. And I'll give you an example of that. Realtor.com came in and did a whole presentation to us, and I took the guy off to the side and I said, "Tell me the real numbers." 140 million leads generated last year. Okay, 140 million leads, five million transactions last year, and you track that back, and it's been about five to six million transactions a year for the last few years. But we're selling 140 lead, million leads to realtors at $100 a pop. It's an unsustainable business model. And these leads are growing at 30 to 40% a year. So next year, it'll be closer to 200 million leads sold to realtors. And you know, where does that go? It's going to blow up. And what's going to happen is everybody's going to realize all of a sudden these leads are worthless because most of them are. There's only about a 3% close rate, meaning you got to work with 100 to get to three closed transactions. And that's yeah. the best case with the best teams in America getting to a close rate of 3%. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. I, I yeah. If like theoretically, it. what's funny about the Zillow thing is that you can you can generate leads online uh, yeah. through other through other means, Facebook and Google pay per click. So the theory is, well, Zillow leads must convert higher. The problem is, is that that doesn't even hold true in, in, in outside of certain markets. Right. There's certain markets where they can predictably say Zillow leads close at three times the rate of Google pay per click. Great. Pay three or four times the lead and yeah. cut your staff in half or cut out the ISA or whatever the case is. The interesting thing about Zillow, what they've been so successful at doing is getting people to pay for leads, which then they have to go scrub and pay an I, right? So, we, so now we've had we've had the rise of Zillow followed quickly by, by the rise of ISAs and OSAs and all this stuff to then scrub all the leads. You think yeah. that we, we should have put that all back on Zillow and said, look, if we're gonna pay you for the leads, you might as well give us leads that close at more than 3%. So hire your own damn phone team. Well, and, and their answer to that, when you talk to Zillow, they'll say, well, we've done that. We've done that with concierge. So you spend right. more than $1,000 a month, and we'll we'll scrub the lead. But when you get to the numbers, there's still a 3% close rate. So yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, all, the, all it is, make sure it was a human being or something like yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's not making yeah. a mouse. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I agree. There's definitely a legion bomb coming. Um, so the question is then, obviously, what do you do about it? So if, you, if you're right now, you've built this team. And and you're either dependent on it now or you're an agent going, well, hey, I'm not I'm not generating the leads that I need to right now already. So I was thinking about Zillow. But if you're telling me that's not the answer, then what is the answer? All right. So let's talk about that. So what are you telling your teams and how are they getting off of that uh, essentially methadone drip? Uh, <laughs> I love that analogy. <laughs> uh, well, I, I just I was attending a convention recently up in Seattle, Washington, Bellevue. And there was an agent there. She was either the number one or number two ad spend for Zillow in the state of Washington. So she was literally spending twenty to thirty thousand dollars a month on Zillow uh, in like King oh. County. Uh, okay. And so she did the ROI analysis on her business, and she just said one day, "I can't do this anymore. This is crazy. I've got all these team members working these leads, and I become an employee of Zillow." So she said, "I'm going to turn all that off, and I'm going to spend the same amount of money, but I'm going to spend it on." direct mail and i'm just going to do a direct mail 20 to thirty thousand dollars a month of direct mail and her numbers skyrocketed on lead gen she went from that three percent close up to like eight or nine i mean it was it was a huge wow. and her roi i mean there's just no comparison you think about how much the impact you have with 20 to thirty thousand pieces of mail or or more i mean it's incredible right so i mean that's just yeah. one small example um, but for, for all of my agents, I, I say it's the three C's. It's capturing client data. It's cultivating client data over a long period of time. And that means incubation, which means CRM. And then yeah. closing, closing them into transactions and referrals over a longer period of time. Yeah. And, and what happens when you look at top teams, even in my office where we, we, have, we have teams doing 60 million, we got teams doing $50 million in business. When I drill into their database, a lot of them still don't have great CRM. A lot of them aren't dripping on their clients. A lot of them are not doing that. And so the number one thing I say to an existing team is you've got to take control of your database. You've got to have CRM and it's gotta be religious CRM, just like any Fortune 500 company. That means you gotta have you know a mix of contacts, which is your ISA calling two or three or four or five times a year, or you calling your top A clients. It's emails and it's uh, texting which is huge and everybody should be doing text marketing a lot more. It's video-based marketing where I'm sending email-based videos. I'm doing a lot of video on social. I'm doing a lot of video on my websites, doing some yeah. evergreen, but also some statistical data and really uh, being viewed as the expert in the industry. And one thing I would just say about that is you've gotta be the interpreter of information. And mm -hmm. the reason why people pay us any kind of money at all is for the interpretation of information. 
And so every month you should be interpreting the market. Hey, here's what's going on, guys. And people look forward to that kind of information. So it's all database related for me. I mean, most yeah, of it. Yeah, I, I love it. And and there's there's something that I want people to pick up and, and tell me if I'm right. You didn't say when I dig into powerful teams, they don't have a great CRM. You said they don't have great CRM. So I'm guessing you, you mean legitimate customer relationship management, not just that they don't have good software. They don't have a good CRM. They don't have good CRM systems. They don't have good systems for managing the relationship with their clients, right? Yeah, what happens is almost all of them will have invested in a CRM because they've been told to so many times. But right. stop a a referral maker or whatever. And they're great systems, but they're not using the system. And it could be they just they have the list in there, but they're not actually managing the list. They're not actually doing anything with the list. Yeah, uh, so yeah exactly. It doesn't do anything for them, right? Well, and let's so, start let's start with the capturing actually, because that that brings us back to that that tactical uh, post on Facebook that you mentioned in the pre-show that that the, the brand new agent had came up with this great way to get new people into a CRM with a basically cut cut himself out of the workflow, which is fantastic. So let's let's start there with this really simple practical example of what somebody can do to capture more info. Yeah, you bet. So uh, yesterday afternoon at lunch, we had a luncheon for 14 agents in the business less than a year. So we were sharing ideas and kind of going back and forth. And then last night. Um, one of the agents there, who's the newest agent, I mean, literally got his license like three days ago or something. I mean, Tyler's super nice kid. So he does this post on social media and I saw it uh, at nine o'clock last night. And it says, hey, I just got in the real estate business. You know, I'd love to, you know, work with you. You know, the typical thing you see an agent do. But then underneath it, he's, he's put a link and the link is to a form. And there's a ton of form companies out there like right. Jot Form and, and that. But the, the, but the form is so that clients can fill out information. And so in his message, he said, if you do me a huge favor and, and click on the form below, I'd love to be able to connect with you on social media, by email, and send some information about real estate uh, to you from time to time. I don't think I have everyone's correct contact information. And then in his, in his actual form, when you click the form, it brings up a separate screen. But brilliantly, he has a picture of his whole family on the top of that form, a description of why he's getting in the business, and then a lot of information, not just name, address, phone number, email, but quite a bit of information like, um, tell me about your house, you know, the size of your house. Uh, are you interested in selling? Are you interested in buying? Do you know of anyone else that's interested in buying or selling? Uh, but really, really good information. And so I texted him last night, I said, how's this going for you, man? He says, I'm already getting a ton of people signing up, it's great. So it's actually, and I was thinking, how do we, no one else in the world think of this silly, but easy yeah. to implement idea. So it's, it's really working well for him. Yeah, I, I love it. I was, I was talking to, um... You guys will appreciate this. So I was talking to Greg Harrelson the other day. We were recording something for his podcast, and he was sharing how they've got their CRM set up because they use Infusionsoft. And he mentioned that he's never logged in. He said he can maybe count on less than one hand the number of times he's actually logged into Infusionsoft himself. I'm like, well, how is that possible? Like, well, because we created a sheet. So the sheet, you know, our, all of our agents in our office have that sheet, and all they do is they're filling out and they're circling and blah, 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 and then they hand those sheets in at the end of the day or halfway through the day, and then an assistant is actually doing the data entry. So that's a, even even at scale with a big team. Yeah, you want to just make it as drop-dead simple as humanly possible and just make it make your CRM, like what, whatever you're going to use, make it super, super easy. And, yeah, that, that was what was funny because he's kind of – he's another one of those that's known as a tech – or a tool enthusiast, and that's true, but he's also a realist, right? Which is you do what do what you're going to do. And so I think those are both really good examples of just making it making it easier for people. And it doesn't mean that all the responsibility has to fall on you and that you have to learn every in and out of some random software in order to have CRM in your business. Absolutely, absolutely. And another good thing I, I when I'm coaching teams is I'll say we need to measure the health of your database and the health of your database is how many referrals is it generating for you, right? Because nobody tracks mm -hmm. this stuff. And my, I have something called the A ratio I use with my coaching students. And the A ratio is uh, take the total number of transactions divided by the total number of people in your database. And the average should be 10%. In other words, 10% of your database should be sending you at least one referral a year. And if it's not, if, you, if, you're, if your number is less than that, then you have an anemic database. It's not producing. And it's usually never the database <laughs> that's the issue. It's not like you have crappy people in there. The issue is the breakdown is you're not communicating. And you got to be communicating nine to 12 times a year just to you know stay top of mind and get those referrals flowing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that, Greg. I don't I don't know what you found with your with your database over the years with your your family team and stuff. I was always I'm always curious whether 
because I've heard Gary Keller mention roughly that statistic. Um, I, I think it is it one out of every 12 is how he puts it should send you a repeat or referral deal. So I think that's something like 8% um, is, is the way that they put in the millionaire real estate agent. I was always curious that kind of how that actually translates out in real life to most people's databases. So it's nice to hear that, you know, confirm that, that that's kind of the same thing that you found to be true. Uh, Greg, do you feel like, you know, is that is that possible? Do you see that holding true in your database? It, it, it is, but it comes down to how much you contact them and how much you connect with them, how much value you bring to them. I mean, it's. It, you mean if you're not doing anything, they're they're just they're just a piece of wood, and you just step over them, and they go somewhere else because they meet, you know, Gene at a at a barbecue from their new next door neighbors, and they talk about their real estate agent. All of a sudden, you're you're gone, and because you didn't do your job. But I mean, it's all about. Let's say where you and I met at Viral Marketing. Uh, you know, with the videos I send out, I'm getting, I'm now seeing a larger return on those because people are like, oh my God, I watched your videos. You did good on this. That, that was great. Yada, yada. Thanks for sharing all this content. And I can attribute three listings this year directly to just being visible and top of mind. So I'm completely with you. It, and, it's, and it's the simplest thing. I mean, a lot of agents, they'll, they won't go follow up with their database because they're afraid to talk to their past clients. They, they would rather, and I'm one of them, I'm not gonna ever lie that I'm not, I'd rather talk to a cold lead versus a, a past client because you know what, there's nothing lost if they don't like you. You're like, whatever, it's cool. Your feelings don't mm -hmm. get hurt. But if your past client goes, what the hell, man? Like, where have you been for the last 10 years? And you're just like, mm, right here is here to talk to you. Well. <laughs> 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 you know, that, 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 then, it, then feels like, it feels horrible. Yeah, it feels totally different. But I mean, if you just get over yourself and you get out there and you start talking with them and communicating with them and bringing value to them and actually showing up, my, my father's brought, gotten, gotten, that's just horrible English, has, you know, enjoyed tremendous success. And what he does is he, every Christmas, uh, we will go around and I hate doing this, but it's very, very well, it's very, very profitable, is you go drop off boxes of seized candy to all of our past clients and say, hi, how are you? What's new? How's life? Happy holidays. Here's something to get you fatter. And, you know, <laughs> here's to con contribute to Matt's uh, diabetic children's need for chocolate. That's right. But, uh, I can but share people... with you an idea uh, from one of my top agents, Renee Spawn, and she's created this VIP uh, program for her, uh, her, her database. And what she says is when she's closing a transaction or, or working with anybody, she says, hey, I'd love for you to be a part of my VIP program. And, and we do some real fun events. I uh, I do uh, several events where I invite you to come to concerts and plays, and we do some some dinners and winery stuff that we do, and just come. We just have fun together. It's just a VIP group. And the VIP how do you get in the VIP group is you got to send me a referral. <laughs> That's it. You got to send me a referral, and you're instantly in for the year. It's not every year, but every year you got to send me a, a referral. And then she'll post, but the way to get competitive is she'll post on social media. Just had a, a fun VIP event at, you know, the Brit Festival. You know, we saw the Beach Boys and we all went out to dinner and, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and then people are like, oh, hey, why didn't you invite me? You're not in the VIP group. You didn't send me a referral, man. I mean, that's <laughs> that's so simple, like that. but that's so simple, but yeah. so amazingly br evil, evilly brilliant. And that's not it's, another word either. Yeah, um, it's competition. That's right. So those evilly, those evilly technologists planting those uh, planting those thoughts in your mind, those those incorrect incorrectly spelled words. Uh, <laughs> all right. So so we we talk about a little bit about capturing. So there's a couple ways to do it. You can make it easy on yourself by giving other people the work. Uh, you can create yourself very simple systems where you fill out things and then enter it in in, in batches or pay somebody else to enter those sheets of paper. Once you have the information, you you talk you touch a little bit on all the different ways that you can kind of cultivate the relationship and all the ecosystem of things that you could do. You touched a little bit on texting and, and video emailing and things like that. Um, is there anything that you're seeing is just maybe growing in popularity or effectiveness right now that agents are kind of underusing? Anything that they should really start adding into their tool belt now? I think, you know, one thing that I see a lot of agents starting to use that, you know, it's not new, but it's certainly something that people should take a look at is closed Facebook group for your social, for your database. And I like that, the, yeah. The closed uh, Facebook group for your database is because if you're trying to create VIPs and, and create some level of culture within this, uh, this universe of your clients, that's mm -hmm. how you do it, by sharing and have ideas just within that closed Facebook group. But I'll give you an example of this. One of my um, agents, Janet McNown, moved, recently moved to Bend, Oregon, which is a beautiful place to live. 
And she does this system she calls Blend, which is what the name of her uh, mixer that she does every month. And this is such a brilliant idea, I always talk about it. But what she does is she invites people that are already in her database, like people that she really likes being with, right? That are cool people. And she'll say, okay, we're gonna have a mixer at this brewery uh, this month. And she'll put a, post it to our closed Facebook group on Blend uh, or this new restaurant or this whatever's going on. To attend, you have to bring, it's a plus one, mandatory plus one. You've gotta bring one person with you that I don't know. Hmm. And so what happens is when they get there, she buys appetizers. She doesn't buy them a whole meal. She buys appetizers. Right. She buys everybody a drink. She gives them a drink token. But what happens is if she invites 30 of her friends, they're bringing 30 friends that she doesn't know already, and she gets to connect with them. And so it's a mixer every month that just organically grows, and it's such a powerful, powerful, simple way to build mm -hmm. your database. Because the people that are coming are people that are very much in the socioeconomic path or, cl or cluster with the people that you already know. So it's not like you're getting these cold people that are buying single wide mobile homes or something, nothing wrong with right. that, but you're right. getting people that are your, who your real target is, which I think is great. Uh, yeah, I agree. I'm, so I'm, I'm thinking about all the applications of this to dating, but I'm gonna set that aside for the moment <laughs> and think about, so there, there's, a, <laughs> there's a company that we've had on that Greg has used uh, called Rockstar Connect that will run the event for you for a flat monthly fee. They find you the location, they hook you up with the food. So they take care of that part of it. But yeah, so you could totally have something like that in place relatively quickly, and then you just make that the stipulation that, hey, this is uh, this is by invite only with a plus one, but that's the stipulation. You bring somebody that I don't know, and then we all network together. That's something, Greg, you could easily integrate that strategy into what you're already doing with Rockstar Connect and just amplify that strategy. Yeah, I love Rockstar Connect. I love getting out there, and I love getting around the people. Um, and it is it is very, very powerful, and I would love to try that whole like, hey, Bring a friend, get a friend, kind of a thing. Um, so many jokes that just went to my head. But... <laughs> Did you say bring a friend, get a friend? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that 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 does wander firmly into the dating category. All right. <laughs> so, uh, so you talked about how cultivating um, uh, ends up kind of incubating. So let's talk about that because I feel like agents. One of the one of the things, and this is not obviously just applies to agents. I think most business owners are that way. We have a hard time dealing with the incubation period, right? Because we need the results now. So the problem that we have now is that we weren't doing things six months ago, and that's the effects that we're feeling right now, but we don't have the patience to start doing the things that'll get us the results six months from now, because we need results now. So how do you help, especially agents that are showing up and they're in your office and you, you have some, you know, so you have a little bit more control and you have the ability to kind of get into their life on a coaching level. How do you help them through that incubation phase? Great question. So there's a study that Google did, and they partnered with NAR about this incubation issue. And they found that when people fill out an online form or they go to an open house, a lot of times in that initial stage, only 25% will do something within the next 30 days. 25%, right? The vast majority, 75%, it'll be a six to nine month incubation period. before, the, From the time they first do a Google search or go to an open house for the first time, it's six to nine months before they pull the trigger. So if you're an agent that's only working now clients, you're you're capturing 25%, but you're missing 75%. Yeah. So you've got to have that cultivation and incubation over the long haul. So there's a lot of techniques that we we train to, of course, putting them into CRM, putting them on a drip. But there's other things that are actually, I think, more interesting than that. Uh, one is, uh, and I took this from Mandy Martin, one of my top producers. Um, what Mandy does, every time she's talking to somebody, she says, I know you're not in the market to buy a house. I totally get it. You love where you're at. But tell me about your next dream home. Mm -hmm. And then th then they'll say whatever it is, right? Uh, oh, I'd love to be on the water. I'd love this, that, or the other. And she, she goes back. She makes a note in their CRM. And she just did this, uh, I, I don't know how long ago, three or four or five months ago with her dentist. She said to the dentist chair, tell me about your dream home. <laughs> the guy says whatever. She goes back. She makes a note of it. But then anytime a listing that's really fabulous that hits that, comes up, she texts it to him, she emails it to him. Hey, I know you're not ready, but here's your dream home. Guess what? Guy bought a house and sold a house. Because, Whoa, nice. Because of the dream home. So I've been training my agents to ask the dream home search. And so what you say mm -hmm. to the client, what you say to everybody you meet is, tell me about your dream home. Um, I'd like to do something kind of fun with that I like to do for my clients. I'm gonna set you up on a dream home search. And so I know you're not ready to buy, but it's just fun to look at real estate, right? So every week or so, it's gonna to come to you in your inbox. You're gonna be able to sell these dream homes that match your criteria. You cool with that? They're gonna say yes, now you got their email. And now you just set them up on your automated, you know, 
if it's your MLS, your MLS, if it's your website, your website, where it's a search pattern, where they're gonna actually see real estate coming to them. Instead of just a boring drip, this is a dream drip for them. And That's it's powerful because it's, uh, you know, it's aspirational and people love aspirational things. And they and it just keeps getting motivated and excited about, you know, what's next for them. I love that uh, idea. I, I love that idea. I mean, I, it's the funniest thing. I, I was talking to someone the other day and they're like, well, Greg, I'm not in the market to move right now, but if the right thing came up, I'd be really interested in looking at it. And I'm like, well, what's your what's your budget? And they're like, about a million dollars. I'm like, okay, anything more or less? Like, no, it's just a project. But it's still that, it, that, that falls in that category of a dream because they want to do another project, right? That's a dream of theirs to do another project. Um, and I think uh, it, I've talked to a lot of marketers about this and Volpe, I want you to jump in on this as well as a marketer. When we focus just on the now business, like you were saying, Jim, we miss out on, like uh, your numbers, 75% of the business because we're not appealing to the larger market and we get our heads stuck down the hole like an ostrich and we stick our heads in the sand in regards to, hey, we just got to talk about right now business. Instead of opening it up and becoming like the Property Brothers or the Flip or Flop or the, you know, any of those TV shows, they're appealing to the mass audience because you're talking about a subject matter everybody likes, but you're not trying to get their business. You're just trying to get them stimulated. That came out wrong. You're trying to get them ex <laughs> excited. Nope, that's the wrong one too. You're just trying to get the juices. Nope, no, that's the wrong one. Um, but I mean, you, you know, all, all jesting aside, I mean, you really are trying to get their minds really start to start tweaking in a different manner instead of looking at like, this has to be the perfect dream moment. It's like, no, this could be right now. It doesn't have to be down the road. It can be whenever the opportunity presents itself. And I think, Jimmy, that is a, just a brilliant move that, that your agent's doing. I, I love it. I'm going to steal it. Yeah, do I, it. I love it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, well, I just goes to show you, I, people, <clears throat> this is why, this is why I'm always skeptical of, you know, new apps, new tools, new websites, new whatever, that focus on helping match the consumer with the agent that they want. Because the consumer doesn't care about the agent. What gets the consumer to move is life events combined with the dream home. You know, like this, the agent has always been secondary to those two things. And so, I mean, that to me, that's why Zillow won the game because they understood, well, we can't control the life event thing. Now there's predictive analytics coming to try to take advantage of that stuff, but it's not quite here yet. So let's figure out, well, if we can't control the predictive analytics part of it and figure out what their life events are, let's go after the dream home and let's get them when they're looking. And then we'll kind of downstream, we'll send them off to an agent. By the way, we'll charge them for it. So it kind of brings this whole thing full circle because the bottom line is they figured that out. And while agents were sitting around trying to figure out how can we shove more agents in front of the consumer, the consumer decided that's not what they wanted and they wanted houses and they wanted HGTV and Zillow figured it out how to, how to give it to them and to charge the agents for the privilege. So yeah, it's just, it's an interesting gap that we've kind of left and we've, we've really done it to ourselves by not understanding the consumer and what their process wanted to be. But that tactic right there, it's exactly right at the heart of what the consumer wants is they want to be pulled out of that house by either something good happening in their life or they find this amazing dream home that makes them want to leave. Yep, exactly. And it's the same reason why a seller, when we're talking to sellers, and I always train my agents to do this, when you have a seller and you just listed their house, the first thing you do right after you list it, I mean, while you're at the house, you just say, okay, now that we got your house listed, we need to start looking for your next house. And <laughs> And the reason for this is I'm gonna sell, I'm gonna sell your house, and so right. I switch I flip the switch and I treat them as a buyer because as soon as they start getting engaged with that next purchase, their motivation to sell this goes way up. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's it's kind of the same along along those same lines. We've got to give those sellers aspirational goals too. Same thing. Right. Exactly. Yeah, that's very true. Love it. All right. So wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. I, I'm I'm gonna go. I had sorry, I just woke up. I want to go back to something that you, uh, <laughs> that you said because I disagreed with one little thing there, Matt. Good. And I, and well, I wait a minute. With what I said? Yes. I, one little, I said one something disagreeable? Yes, all the time. Okay, you said they don't care about the agent. And I think, I think what Jim and Mandy did effectively was made the, that the person with the dream home or the dream care about the agent because the agent cared enough to listen to what they were saying. And so now that I'm getting emails on my dream home, I'm always going to look at a house up the mountains on a lake. I always want to do that. Sometimes I do that when I, I'll, I'll seek it out myself. But if I had a conversation with Jim and Jim said to me, I'll hit your criteria and just send it to you once a month. Are you interested in that? 
and Jim Space and Namer on there, that makes me emotionally attached to Jim. So I actually do care about Jim a little bit because he cared enough to listen uh, listen to me and serve me what I don't need yet, but I might someday. And when I'm ready to buy that house, I'm calling Jim. That's right. Well, I, I agree with me. Yeah, yeah. Well, of course, you, of course you do, Johnson. <laughs> you narcissist. I'm shocked. Um, I am shocked. Look, I mean, the, the fact of the matter is, I mean, it, 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 humans are very, very fickle. And we're very, you know, we will go with another person immediately if the other person brings more value to us. So if Jim or Mandy or Gene or Matt or me or whoever else it is sold, you know, Bob from Remax or Bob a house, well, if Bob from Remax comes around and, and brings more value than us, we're gone because he's been dripping on them emails. I, I just took a listing. We just went on the market yesterday on a listing. Uh, she got had been getting my emails for two years after I met her when she was working at Safeway. She has been watching my videos. Her best friend in in the world and another close friend are both real estate agents, and they did not even get a phone call because our team brought more value because we were giving her the dream. We were giving her what she wanted at that point in regards to the real estate need wants and needs. So I completely agree with what Jim's talking about. I mean, it's it's like it's like a it's a it's a, it's, a, it's a MLS uh, Pinterest, right? You can paint whatever you want. Look into the future, you know. It, I love Pinterest, by the way, as my father would call it, the pin interest. But uh... <laughs> all right, well, let's do this. Um, let's take a step back. Let's talk about where everyone can connect with us. And then I want to talk about phase three in Jim, your model, which is the close part of when you're actually closing clients and getting them to take action. So we got some something fun to finish off with. But Jim, what's the best way to connect, especially if somebody's in let's say the PAC Northwest, they're anywhere near you in Medford or one of your 17 grand and glorious locations, and they might want to uh, partner with your team in some way. How do they reach you? So uh, one thing that's happened with me over the years is people have said, Jim, I want you to coach me, but I don't want to work for you because I'm in Michigan or something. <laughs> so <laughs> it's happened. And uh, frankly, I got tired of repeating myself. So I took and uh, recorded uh, a tremendous amount of videos mm -hmm. uh, and on, what we call it is on-demand coaching, the Netflix of coaching. Uh, so if you go over to erealestatecoach.com, erealestatecoach.com, you can check it out. I've got uh, mastery courses in for sell by owners, expire listings, sphere of influence, a lot of things we've been talking about this morning, listing presentations, business to business, uh, all kinds of classes. But I've also reached out, uh, rolled out a coaching platform called The Path. It's a performance coaching, weekly coaching program, uh, 14 days free if you hop on there. Uh, you get uh, a bunch of uh, great tools, and you can just experience it, see if you like it, and see if you want to stick with it. If you if you go beyond the 14 days, it's 97 bucks a month. No contracts, cancel any time. I have to earn your business every single week and every single month by delivering amazing value to you. So I'd love to love to have your 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 audience check it out if they want to. Awesome. Erealestatecoach.com. Yep. Very very cool. And then Gene, what's the best way to reach out to you, and why would a rational human being do such a thing? Rational human being would not do such a thing. Okay. If you are mm. irrational, however, you can reach out to me at genevolpe.com. Wait for that little box to pop up. Send me a message, and I'll call you. And that's if you need help getting exposed, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> On a silver platter, my friend, go for it. Now, let me clarify what Gene does. Gene helps sales professionals and local businesses get more exposure online, specifically by doing, among other things, taking videos and content and multiplying them into different places and putting you in front of more of the right people so you get you know more qualified leads into your pipeline how's that gene um uh, after this call i'd like to record that so i have a sales pitch. <laughs> thank you <laughs> good uh, greg what's you, the best way to reach out to you i am reopening up my the mcdaniel challenge uh so if you guys right. are interested in doing a one-hour coaching call with me just uh, text me on my cell phone, 925-915-1978, just like the year. So again, it's 925-915-1978. Let's, uh, let's see what I can do to help you. Uh, no cash or charge required. Matt will come over and clean your wheels uh, on your car for, for at no cost, and he'll play his own plane flights. So it's a, it's a twofer. You get clean wheels and you get coaching. So that's how they get a hold of us. Um, yeah, and I, I was, well, was going to make a joke about how if uh, if you text Greg and he asks for a picture back, you've reached the wrong number. And I was thinking about holding him back on that, but then you made a crack about me showing up and washing people's wheels, and I'm not going to hold back. So there you go. That's how you know. And then for me, uh, make sure to go over to howtogetfeatured.com. 
So one of the things that I put together for my clients and friends, if you want to get featured on more podcasts, uh, you really shouldn't be doing all the work to do that. There's a lot of benefits to getting featured and a, and a lot of ways to leverage guest appearances like what Jim is doing with our show. Uh, but you should not be the one doing all the reach out and scheduling and all that fun stuff. You should have somebody on your internal team do that, like a virtual assistant in the Philippines or an in-person assistant or even an intern. Uh, you can find great local interns that'll do it for free or very low cost. They just need the right training, and I've got the training. So go to howtogetfeatured.com. shows exactly how to find the right shows and templates to get featured and all that fun stuff, as well as how to pass that off to somebody else and get them to do it for you. I've got the whole training for that there, howtogetfeatured.com. So let's finish out with this. So we talked about capturing info, cultivating, and going through that incubation period. What is the close? So you've, you've got all these people that are warm and they're gonna do something at some point, blah, 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 and you're sending them listings and you're building the relationship. What's the close? What does that look like now versus what all, you know, the ABC approach of the 80s look like? Yeah, so the close is never a hard close, first of all. People are way too sophisticated for hard closing anymore. Uh, but the close is really, it's a relationship close. I wanna ask for referrals, but I wanna do it in a way that, you know, makes sense. It's not, people get wrapped up in me trying to close you to do business with you right now, which is one small piece of the business. That's like, that's like a given. If you are delivering amazing value, of course they're gonna work with you. It's way, way, way more about you tapping into every client's database behind them. Uh, so that's that's the real close. And so at learning to ask for referrals and doing it in a way that is uh, not awkward or salesy is the art of our business. And it's the it's the apex level of the highest level producers because they have learned to do this in a way that doesn't feel salesy. So I'll give you a classic example of this. I use I use what I call the 30 day uh, miracle window. <laughs> and it's it's like when you go to a restaurant, right? It's like a really nice restaurant, you know, somewhere maybe you haven't been before, like Port, for me, Portland City Grill is a great one in Portland, Oregon, if you haven't been there. Top of the world, you're sitting up there having a great meal. So if you're gonna go to someplace really nice, you're probably gonna talk about it. Maybe on social media, I'm going to the Portland City Grill. I'm excited to go, they're flying up there tonight. You're gonna be talking about it. It's gonna be top of mind for you. Then when you're there, you might be posting about it, like, hey, I'm here, I'm look at my meal, and then, Maybe after 30 days after that, you're gonna be talking about it still, and then it's gonna fade away. Same thing is true for our clients. Um, we love to get referrals from them forever, but the reality is there's a window of time around them. The, the, the most likely time you're gonna get a referral from someone is in that 30-day window while they're inside the experience or leading up to the experience or right after the experience. So I have to make sure that I'm asking these questions. And this is where every single agent generally falls apart. They don't ask these questions. They wait till three months after. And so uh, here's an example of one script we, we train our agents to use with buyers is we'll say, hey, listen, I bet a lot of your friends are jealous. You're out looking at real estate, you're out looking at real estate, you're seeing these cool houses. Listen, if any of your friends, uh, you know, wanna follow your lead, I'd love to work with them. So that's a lot more friendly and easy going then, hey, I'd like your referrals, give me a list of your 10 best friends, <laughs> you know, kind of thing, yeah. right? <laughs> okay, I got a piece of paper for you, write them down, please. I mean, you're not gonna do that, right? Yeah. So th that's the kind of things that we're talking about all the time is you, you wanna make it easy for people to refer to you. And, and a, a simple thing that's never done is housewarming parties and going away parties for exactly this reason, because that's the time when you're gonna get a lot of referrals generated. So somebody's moving into a house, we always train our agents, Offer, make a deal with a local restaurant where you're gonna say, hey, listen, I, as a closing gift, you can either have this, you know, your Lowe's card, or I'll throw you a housing warming party for your friends and family. Only, only stipulation is, and it will be from, you know, Sicily's Italian restaurant, up to 300 bucks. Only stipulation is I gotta be there, because <laughs> I wanna eat, right? <laughs> and they'll laugh with you, and they'll be like, okay, okay, cool. But once you've done that, and you'll say, I'll provide the invitations. You provide the invitations, it's brand, it has your branding on it, of course. Same thing with sellers. You know, sellers are leaving, even more powerful is a going away party. So you do the mm -hmm. same thing with sellers on the seller side. Uh, those two things can add so many people to your database so rapidly. If you're doing two or three of those a month, you almost don't need to do any other kind of lead generation. You will generate a tremendous amount of leads from that simple, some might say, um, you know, old school, but it works. That's It's, it's just networking. It yeah. works 100%. We call them, uh, sorry to see you leave and welcome to the neighborhood parties. Love it. The, the two different types and it, it is truly powerful and I, I like your, your your mind and my mind work almost exactly the same way um my stipulation to them is say, hey look i i don't even give them a choice i'm gonna be there but i'm gonna be your butler so i'm gonna be <laughs> helping to pick up like the your empty plates the empty cups whatever else 
We'll go, we'll go to Costco. We'll pick up a couple of cases of beer. We have a taco guy come over. Uh, we throw, you know, a bunch of tacos and, we, and then, like you said, for, for building your database, we say, and this is in the beginning of the whole transaction. We'll say, Hey, Jim, Jim, what's your wife's name, by the way, real quick. Danielle. Jim, Danielle, Danielle, I look forward to working with you. Hey, what we're going to do, just a way to say thank you to you, we're going to throw you a welcome to the neighborhood party once you guys in. So make sure you guys start putting together that list of all your friends and family you want to come over and show your new house off to. Uh, or the same way for sellers, hey, if we want to say goodbye after the last 25 years of living here, we want to make sure everyone, you know, comes and says, you know, farewell, blah, 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 and don't, don't miss anyone. But it's, it, it is, it's seriously, I mean, last time I did, I was sweating my ass off. I mean, I was like a human swimming pool, just standing up. <laughs> And but but you know what? The same thing kept coming around. Hey, who did this? Oh, you know the Sasquatch in the corner. You know, oh, that's your real estate agent. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's me. And I had a lot of good conversations. And then uh, you know, two or three hours into this, you know, my my taco guy would pack up his shop. Uh, we'd leave all the rest of the beer there. We would leave all the coolers there, and then we would just hey, we'll pick them up tomorrow. Have fun with your friends. Enjoy. God bless. We'll talk soon. And we leave. But but it's so simple, Jim. But nobody does it, and it's a lot of fun. I mean, yeah. There's a and great. It's not work. Uh, it doesn't feel like work, but it's the best kind of work. It's networking. It's just having a good time. And, but you know what? People are afraid to think that if it's ne if you're having fun, air quotes, in business, then it's not real work. Right. How, who the fuck came up with that idea? Right. I mean, <laughs> like you're not allowed to have fun on something you're going to do the majority of the time. It has to be bone breaking. Oh right. come on. I mean, Matt does oh, yeah. that to his staff. I think that was invented in the early '70s when cold calling started to get to get big. Like, if you're not if you're not miserable doing it, you're weak, and you're you should not be allowed to be in the business. Yeah, you. let's get a mojo dialer and let's just sit down not, and dial till we die. I don't. <laughs> so Greg, you've been there. I think you put in what is what is the ungodly number up to? Uh, I stopped counting at about four hundred and fifty thousand. Uh, wow. There, mm -hmm. so. uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I would dial 750 to 1,000 phone calls a day. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. God. My yeah, brain would you rather to talk to a cold lead than someone in his database? That's not a joke. <laughs> and, that, and that's something you've just started to turn around, uh, well, maybe in the last couple of years, year and a half maybe? Yeah, recently. It's yeah. becoming more of the things like, hey, I want to go out and actually talk to my database, go grab lunch with a past client you know, go do something along those lines. But I mean, that's how I was raised in the business. It was right. door knocking, cold calling. That's how you got your business, end of story. Yeah. And calling with your database. But I did that so little because I was such a screw up that no one would let me near a client for for first for 12 months of my business. My father would not let me near a client, which God bless him, he's a smart man. But, you know, it, it, I would highly recommend, you know, don't do it the way I did it. Do it the way Jim's talking about it. Do it the way that, you know, we've had other guests talk about it. Go out there and nurture the people who already know, like, love, and care about you. I mean, it's so simple, but we're so afraid at the same time. They're not going to bite saw, you, by the way. I hmm? just saw a study, which is really interesting, about Fortune 500 companies. Uh, next year, 2020, 49% increase in the amount of spend on experiential marketing. And experiential hmm. marketing is exactly what we're talking about, which is parties and events, because they know that's so that people are so blasted online with so much stuff streaming at them in a million different ways uh, that people forget all that stuff. But they, it's so hard to forget an experience. You, you never yeah. almost forget a party, right? It's really hard yeah. to unremember a party, but it's really yeah. easy to unremember a postcard or yeah. you know a, a, an ad on Zillow. I mean, on Zillow on Facebook or social media of some kind. Experiences resonate and they 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 last deep in your memory. So we don't, don't, I think the average consumer, and I'm, my numbers might be off here, but I think the average consumer, Gene, jump in on this. I think they see like seven, is it 4,500 to 7,500 ads either a week or a day or some ungodly number of branding or advertisements? It's always growing and it's always stated differently. But yeah, I've, I've heard so like 3,000 a day. Five to ten thousand a week, something like that, and it's like brand impressions. So, in other words, something scrolls across our line of vision. It's a billboard or an Instagram ad or whatever. Yeah, but it's um, I, I've heard a whole bunch of them. Gene, I'm sure you have too. Yep, yep. Yeah, Gene is so talkative today. We've got to put a muzzle on this guy. <laughs> Good Lord, I mean, he just steals the show. Uh, steals Eagles, the show. Eagles have one bad game, and he just he basically is phoning the show in. you talking about? <laughs> Those marketing messages, you know, some agents will come in and they'll say, I'm going to spend my way to uh, brand recognition. You can't do it. 
I mean, mm-hmm. you just can't do yeah, it. It's just in, it's impossible. Yeah. You know, like buses and billboards and that that that. You take all that money and you invest it in relationship marketing, which is events and and networking and mixers. It's it, the the rate of return is so much different, so much better. Yeah, that's that. I love the example you gave of of switching out Zillow for direct mail and just yeah. tripling the return. It's a, yeah, that that was such a great example because I'm I'm a fan of. I'm a fan of anything traditional that still works, but I think direct mail is going to get more effective. And it's it's cool to see somebody like have such a direct comparison, not somebody that's always done direct mail and says, right. hey, it's working. I mean, somebody that wasn't doing it and started and like tripled their results like that. That's re- yeah. It's really cool to hear. But, Love it. Yeah. Okay, guys, gentlemen, we should wrap things up. Um, Greg, I need to pick a color for the bow that we're going to tie around the box <laughs> this episode. Dude. Um, I'm going to go with a, a a light charcoal. Light charcoal. A light charcoal gray for the just color of like, the bow. Just yeah. like your heart. Light charcoal sure. gray. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Well, Jim, thank you so much for coming on. You are absolutely amazing. I know we barely scratched the surface with you. Love to have you back if you can tolerate Matt's incessant talking. And Gene never, never stopped, never you know, never, never, you know, giving us a, an inch to breathe here with all of his comments. Um, but you know what? I, I really do. Guys, please go give a, a, a five-star review on the show. You know, tag Jim in it. He's obviously a legend and he's crushing it. This guy can probably help your business. Not probably. What the fuck am I saying? This guy will help you grow your business uh, to exponential uh, height. So, uh, you guys, we love you to pieces. Matt kind of loves you with this tiny, cold piece of heart. Gene and I care for you deeply. Jim loves you unabashedly. Uh, and until next time, peace out, my niggas. We are gone. Oh, that's the